You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. Gotta tell you, you love a book when some of the chapters are big, huge problems, uh, workaholics, also the case of the missing studio and bloody socks. So let's get into it because these are all in a new book. It's called Press Reset, Ruin and Recovery in the Video Game Industry. And you might remember, I think it was over this summer, Bloomberg Business Week featured a cover story that was all about the video game industry, the dark underbelly of a business built on fun. And that was a also reported by our own Bloomberg News technology writer, Jason Schreier. He, too, is author of this new book, Press Reset. He's also author of the best-selling book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and he joins us on the phone. Uh, Good to have you here. You're up in Westchester. So tell us about this book, because this is a little bit different from your first book. Hi, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. This is a little bit different. Um, So with my first book, I kind of broke down the question of why are games so hard to make? And I kind of answered that through a bunch of case studies, exploring different games and and telling their stories. With this book, I wanted to tell more of a human story, tell the story of people in the video game industry and the the hardships that they sometimes go through and what that means for them, what it does to them, um, what kind of how it feels, how they recover afterwards. And through that, I explored the question of why is this games industry, which is making so much money, it made $180 billion last year, why is it, it, it is so unstable for its workers? Why are workers, why do they have such a hard time keeping their jobs in this industry? You're right. It's about heartbreak and tragedy. It's also about recovery. I mean, there are several instances in the book where you talk about, you know, people who have worked together, as you say, pulled all-nighters, you know, working on games, you know, hitting deadlines and so on and so forth, only to come in and just find out that they don't have a job and they're not going to see these people anymore. Yeah, and it's not only that their games failed or that the, the, the company is in business trouble. Sometimes it's a successful game, as in the case of Irrational Games, which is one of the companies that mm-hmm. I cover in the book. They made a game called Bioshock, which is very popular, critically acclaimed. About a year after their most recent game, Bioshock Infinite, the studio, everybody came in to find that the studio was shutting down. And yeah, it can be really brutal. One of the worst parts, I think, and I talk about this quite a, book, a, a quite a bit in Press Reset, is that... Um, you are kind of stuck wherever you are and you might have to move thousands of miles away to get a new job. In Irrational's case, they were in Boston and there are not a lot of other video game companies in Boston. So a lot of the people who wanted to stay and keep working in games had to move across the country, uproot their whole families. And it can be really just burn people out. It, it, It feels unsustainable to me. I feel like it's a company that goes bankrupt, right? And then all of a sudden everybody's in there, the vultures, like, I want the desks, I want this. But I mean, you talk about when a company goes down, one of these video game uh, company goes down, then all of a sudden recruiters fly in, right, to kind of take the workers. So they are in demand. But as you said, they often have to be uprooted and move their families maybe across the country. Yeah, it's funny. I saw a stat just the other day that was essentially, it was a list of job postings for the video game industry. And there were like a couple hundred jobs here and there for junior level people. And then it was like thousands of senior level job listings for senior level uh, positions. And the reason that is, is because the games industry has this dearth of people who have five, 10 years of experience because so many of them burn out. So yes, these recruiters are are seizing in and, and hoping to get some of that talent, some of that experience. 
But a lot of those people might not want to move. I mean, in a rational case, a lot of the people who are in Boston, um, maybe if they're in their 20s, they can move across the country and get new jobs. They're kind of free. But if they're in their 30s, they have families. They don't want to pull their kids out of school. So a lot of them just left the industry entirely, went to to, to other tech companies in the area, um, finance companies, banks, stuff like that. And that we are seeing uh, uh, way too much in this industry. Well, we all got a tease of your book thanks to Business Week magazine where there was an ex- excerpt in there, and that's where the Bloody Sox chapter, <laughs> which is specifically <laughs> about Kurt Schilling of the Red Sox. Um, just give us a little little tease, and, and folks can go to Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg or buy your book to read the whole story because I feel like that chapter alone could be a Netflix series or a movie because <laughs> it's just fascinating. Very successful baseball player, but it didn't turn out so well when it comes to video games, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, man, thank you for the kind words. And yeah, so Kurt Schilling, formerly of the Red Sox, um, these days best known as kind of a provocateur, a mm-hmm. right-wing provocateur. Um, but yeah, he career that he was going to start this game studio, and he very much like came from the baseball life, was very much like, I'm going to treat all my employees like all-stars, I'm going to buy them the best of the best, get them all these perks and the best health benefits, which uh, on, its, on, the, on the face of things is pretty great, but, uh, but he wound up running the company completely out of money. They wound up taking a giant loan that was guaranteed by the state of Rhode Island for $75 million in exchange for moving to Rhode Island and, and getting a bunch of jobs there in Providence. Um, and wound up burning through that in a year. Uh, suddenly, one day, everybody gets into work. They they think they have been made in the shade. They, they're here at this company where they are treated like the best of the best. They get into work one day, and they are not paid. Their paychecks have not processed because it turns out the company ran completely out of money. Um, none of them got severance. None of them got those final paychecks. They were all robbed, essentially, of weeks of work. Mm. And all were stuck in Rhode Island, where there are no other game companies. It's a similar story. So, Jason, Chapter 9, Human Costs, Human Solutions. And you and you write, ask any veteran video game developer their least favorite thing about the industry, and you'll probably get a different version of the same answer. It treats people poorly, it chews them up, and then spits them back out, leaving nothing but gristle and bones behind. So... Why do they do it? Do Because people go back, right? Or do they go back to the industry? I mean, they do, right? They like it. Well, it's very much a young versus industry. And um, there's, a great, there's a great quote in the book from a guy named Zach Mumbach, who spent a long time at EA. And at one point later in his career, he said, I was looking around in the office, and when I had started in 2000, I was in my 20s and everyone else was in their 20s. Now I'm looking around in my 30s, and everyone else is in their 20s. And I'm like, where is everyone who came up with me? And the answer is that uh, uh, the video game industry, while it's certainly fun, I mean, it's fun to work on games and it can be really interesting and challenging and creatively satisfying. Um, all these, these terrible factors, including the volatility that I cover in Press Reset, um, just lead to a whole lot of burnout. Um, and I'm not sure how many of those people are, are going back. I think a lot of people just feel like games does not treat them. Game, the games industry does not treat them right. Is there any model that just seems to work um, above and beyond other models? Or is this just, mm-hmm. yeah, like what are the companies that maybe have done it right? 
Yeah, well, there are a couple of things and I explore in the chapter you mentioned, I explore some of the potential answers to these questions and solutions to these problems that I bring up here. Um, one is, uh, the big one is unionization, which has not happened in the North American video game industry at all. Um, and you look at uh, uh, the video games kind of sister industry in Hollywood, and one of the reasons that people are able to maintain careers in, in that field is because they're unionized, and so they have protections in place, and they might bounce around from gig to gig, but they know they'll get paid for every overtime hour, and they know they're going to get a certain minimum salary, and they know they're going to get benefits and, and health care. Um, so that's a big thing, and I think that could offer some protections and give workers a seat at the table in the video game industry um, to a level that they haven't seen before. The other thing, and this is it's, it's wild timing. You were talking about Zoom before and how a year ago we had no idea what it is. Um, I actually think that remote work is one of the big solutions to the to the video game industry's woes. And I say that because, like I mentioned earlier, um, the, the, the worst part about being caught in a layoff or a studio shutdown is knowing that you might have to move thousands of miles away. You might have to uproot your family. That's ultimately what drives a lot of people out of gaming. And a solution to that might be if, hey, okay, I just got laid off, but I can just log into my computer in my home office and potentially get a job anywhere without having to move. That, I think, would keep a lot of people who left the industry from burning out because they wouldn't have to worry about uh, moving to a new city every time right. they had to switch jobs. So it could I- be a game changer. Give me an idea, too, of, you, you said it tends to be a lot of younger individuals. I remember doing a story on um, a video game company years ago out on the on the West Coast uh, in conjunction with, I think it was Stanford, that either had a program, you know, that was just specifically geared to um, teaching people to kind of how to be in the video game industry. What do they get paid typically? Yeah, I mean, it varies drastically. Like if you're on, if you're in San Francisco, if you're an engineer, you could be making over six figures, you could be making 150, something like that. But then again, you look around at Facebook and Google, and you could be making double them, double that. So it's it's uh, it's all relative, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it can really drastically differ depending on your discipline, depending on your years of experience, depending on whether you're at a big company or a smaller company. Um, but in general, the people on the bottom of the totem pole, the QA, which is quality assurance, the testers in the video game industry, they're the people who are paid to find all the bugs in games. Um, they're making around usually close to a minimum wage, maybe not exactly that, but um, $20 an hour or something like $18, $20 an hour. Um, and then you can kind of get bumped up over that as you become, a, if, you're, if you're a junior designer, maybe you're making, I don't know, 40000 50000 a year, and then you kind of go up from there. It is by no means a well-paying industry. It's not. Uh, it's not banking or tech or anything like that. Right. Unless you are at the very top. Unless you're in the yeah. C-suite. Well, you do have a chapter called Workaholics, and you talked about some of the different individuals that you talked to. I mean, a lot of industries. There's a lot of workaholics. I've been in the media industry for a long time, and you work a lot. It's just the way it goes. What's different though about being a workaholic in the video game industry? Yeah, I think it's a very different. I, I've been in media for yeah, you know it years now, and yeah, I've, I've been there. I've been there for sure. Um, I think there's 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 a lot of differences, but one of the key ones for me, at least, is that when I'm working late on a story, um, or when I'm working late to cover an event or something like that, I may do it for a week. I might do put in an extra weekend here and there. Um, in game development, it's often so prolonged and sustained that it could be months and months of just like not seeing your family, working six days a week, working. 12 hours a day. And that's often what we see. And those are some of the stories that I've covered over the course of, of writing about the video game industry is that it's, it doesn't seem to end. And I think 
I don't think you'll find many people out there who who would object to like a couple weeks of overtime here and there. It's just when it goes on and on for months on end, um, even yeah. if you have a deadline in sight, it can just be hell. It can really just eat away at your personal life and your mental health. Hey, just got about 50 seconds left here. What surprised you in doing this book? Yeah, the thing that surprised me most was just hearing the same story over and over again. Hey, Jason, I'm 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 burning out of the video game. I'm leaving the video game industry. I'm going someplace that treats me better. Or like, yep, I went through a layoff. Every single game developer you talk to, it, it's it's harder to find someone who hasn't been through a layoff than it is to find someone who has. And that to me is really sad. And it's just, I think I uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to publish this book is to kind of bring, put a spotlight on this stuff and and bring it to more people's attention and. Yeah, I hope people, people, I hope it resonates with people. Well, it's a great read and uh, really fun to talk with you about it. Jason, thank you so much. Good luck with it. Jason Schreier, he's Bloomberg News technology reporter. As we said, his new book is Press Reset, Ruin and Recovery in the Video Game Industry. And again, also uh, author of the bestseller, Blood, Sweat and Pixels. And you can check out more at Bloomberg.com, also at businessweek.com.